hey, this is Mike Birbiglia, and you're listening to PF's tape recorder, which is one of the better tape recorders. Hello there, I'm PF, this is my tape recorder. Coming up, it's our old friend Jeff Tate. She should have said, she should have doubled down the next day. I'd be like, what about, what about what I said is wrong? What about you people is not deployable? I put them on the defensive. Spoke to Jeff this week, felt kind of silly doing it over the phone because uh, we're both in the same city. But I've been so super crazy busy, I barely had time to pick up the phone and call the man. So uh, we had a great chat with him though. And uh, hopefully we'll talk to him again in the future. There was some stuff I forgot to even uh, ask him about. So I'm sure we'll be talking to Jeff again soon. So stay tuned for that. We have a song of the week from Tom Grennan. But first, as usual, some sort of dumb bit. So here's another installment of a bit we like to call, I thought it was funny. So basically, this is something I've looked at in the news, some current event where I don't really have a full bit geared up for it or a lot of jokes for it, maybe just the one joke or comment. And uh, well, this week it was uh, Jeff Sessions, our attorney general, saying that uh, there's going to be a new religious task force to protect America's religious freedoms in the United States. Now, to be fair, at first I was a little suspicious, but he did point out that the uh, Department of Justice was working on things like this. Three weeks ago, we obtained a jury verdict against a man who set a fire to a mosque in Texas and sentenced a man from Missouri for threatening to kill members of a mosque. But you should be doing that all the time anyway. You shouldn't be doing it because of some religious task force or because of some religious-minded mindset that you have. If someone attacks a church or a mosque or whatever, you go after whoever attacked the church or the mosque. It doesn't matter. It's if they attacked a mall or a printing shop or a donut store. All right? So anyway... Uh, but the the one thing that this is going to do, of course, you know, this is the underlying uh, effect of all this, basically, is that people, of course, will be openly allowed to discriminate against other people for pretty much BS reasons. And what I was thinking was, well, first of all, um, I looked up a clip for, uh, for Tucker Carlson, because he's always on about uh, Sharia law, and I don't want to telegraph the punchline here, but hey, Tucker Carlson uh, started off with this. Are you worried about Islamic terrorism? Well, you shouldn't be because a new poll by Pew Research finds that only 20% of Muslims believe that targeting civilians can be acceptable as a tactic to further a religious cause. That means if you meet five Muslims, only one of them is likely to think it's okay to kill you. Wow, that's, that is kind of a surprising number, one in five. So I looked it up and saw, well, what do people in general think of uh, civilian casualties? So I go to debate.org. Is it acceptable to knowingly kill civilians to eliminate a key target in the war on terror? 45% say yes. So if you're a Muslim and you meet an American, half of them think it's okay to kill you if you're near a military target. Okay, so two things there. I know you're going to probably argue that, well, we're talking about a real war action versus people that are coming in to do covert war actions. Fine. And I would also trust Pew, uh, Tucker Carlson's source for his poll, over debate.org, who I don't know a lot about. But I thought that was interesting, uh, the little dichotomy there. Because you always get one in five months. But so a lot immediately in your head, don't you ask Tucker Carlson, okay, versus... What do uh, what do Americans as a whole think of civilian casualties in war? So I looked this up and I found uh, a Pew Research study. Of, I presume it's the same one Tucker Carlson is looking at, 
Few in U.S. say it can be justifiable to target and kill civilians. It's part of a bigger report. This is the, the title of the page, though. Uh, U.S. general public, often sometimes 14%. U.S. Muslims, 12%. Often, U.S. general public, 3%. U.S. Muslims, 5%. Sometimes, U.S. general public, 11%. U.S. Muslims, 7%. Net, rarely slash never. U.S. general public, 83%. U.S. Muslims, 84%. Rarely... Uh, should is it justifiable to kill civilians? U.S. general public twenty four percent. U.S. Muslims eight percent. Okay, but never U.S. general public fifty nine percent. Muslims seventy six percent. So I don't know whose ass Tucker Carlson pulled this out of, and then just said, "Oh, this is from Pew Research study." So not only is that one in in, in twenty number alarming, it's alarming because it's bullshit. All right, I think just Americans as a whole, and we're all Americans, do not like civilians being killed. All right. So the point of all this was uh, Jeff Sessions uh, establishing the, the the task force to protect religious freedom, but does that extend to this? So a lot of Americans are concerned about Sharia law, sure, and they're concerned about polls that show a strikingly large number of Muslims would like to see it supplant civil law. So all I'm saying is, care for what you wish for, Jeff. I thought it was funny. Jeff Tate is a stand-up comedian originally from Cincinnati, Ohio, where he's based once again. Uh, he's been off the road for a little bit, taking care of some family stuff, and now he's back out there uh, headlining, doing some featuring too, and you may have heard him on Doug Loves Movies as well, where he's a very popular panelist slash guest slash contestant. Here now is our interview with Jeff Tate. Hey, man. Hello? Tate, what's up? What's happening? How are you? Good. How you been, man? Oh, not bad. Cool, cool. Uh, not bad. Let me uh, let me get out of uh, the Blue Jay real quick and make sure I got volume on my phone so I can hear you. Sounds good. Uh, yeah, let's see. What, uh, yeah, here we go. All right, there we go. I got more volume. Sounds good. All right, cool. Yeah. So we'll be doing this for the podcast as well. And like I said, I feel kind of silly. We're in the same town and we're having to do this over the phone. But... Uh, crazy busy. You've been crazy busy? Ah, sort of. I mean, we, I just did the, uh, my brother and I got a show now. Uh, it's called Altered Tape, and we do it at Bogart's, and our first one was on Saturday, and I was busy for the last month or so getting that together. Oh, cool. All right, well, there you go. Yeah, I think, uh, the, the last time we talked was at, was at the Shirts Warehouse, and uh, you were discussing yeah. some, a, uh, an issue in the comedy scene here in Cincinnati. We'll just leave it at that with Billy. And uh, we didn't get a chance to chat much because we just talked about that for a few minutes and I had to go because it was like 5 o'clock and we were all uh, waiting to get out of there. But um, So have you been uh, uh, you know, touring around the country? I know you're going to be in Minneapolis, of course, in a couple of weeks. Uh, you get, get around the Midwest uh, as well? I do, what, uh, I do whatever uh, comes up. Uh I don't do, I mean, I haven't done that much. I had a pretty open schedule because uh, I was taking care of my dad and then he passed away. Oh, uh, okay. Like two months ago. And so it's like starting to, that lull between having work and not. Yeah. But not having anything scheduled. Like the, that lull is about over. 
I got a, I got a pretty busy August. Well, that's cool. Yeah, I know that that's what, one of the things that brought you back to town was uh, helping out uh, with your dad. And uh, so you're still still over on the west side. Yeah, well, I'm in north side. We're in north side. North side, so okay. Little... Anything west of seventy five. Anything west of seventy five yeah. to me is the west side. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so we're barely on the west side. Yeah, I've been doing some uh, trivia gigs out on that side of town, and man, I mean, I always joke that it's like another planet. It's like another planet. It's just so weird. It's like first, it's like driving to the moon for me. And I look and look at the clock, and it's only taking me a half hour to get there, which is nothing. And uh, what's yeah, weird yeah. is when <laughs> when the sports category comes up on the west side, people yell sports. They don't do that on the east side. When the science category comes up on the east side, people go science like the Thomas Dolby song. They don't do that on the west side. It's the most bizarre thing. <laughs> there is anything like it. Um, so, uh, have you been writing a lot? Have you got a lot of news stories? I know you went from telling kind of like these couple of long form stories to kind of more observational stories, you know, and uh, it's gotten more and more hilarious, of course, over the years, and it's been a great direction for you. Is that kind of the way that things are, are still moving? Well, the stuff that I was like, I'm like, the stuff I'm doing, the stuff I'm writing now is sillier, I guess, but it's more, it's like a direct response to how fucking terrible everything else is. <laughs> like the world in general? Yeah, the world in general. Like, I don't want to make, uh, like everybody, like there's so much, so much is, all, like it's so bad all day, every day, that when I go on stage, I want to break up the audience. So, so I'd just rather not talk about, not talk about the heavy, like all the heavy shit right now. Yeah, it's it's strange because that's what I mean. I'll I'll comment occasionally on Facebook now to somebody's post, but usually it's to say yay or nay to con- confirm somebody's facts. Like, you know, and, and other than that, and then that, that's just it. Like, oh yeah, this happened, or this is just like if someone will quote a meme from one of the like Thomas Jefferson, and I'll say yeah, that was a real quote, or that's not a real quote, and that's it. I don't post anything political anymore. I, it's they, they they've beaten us down, and maybe that's maybe that was the idea. So maybe. Maybe that was the idea, or maybe like, or maybe they just turned so many things political uh, that they don't like. It's the it's the right man. The right just they bitch constantly, and then they bitch about bitching, and then they <laughs> bitch about other people bitching about them. They don't do anything but bitch, and it's just it's like frustrating. So there's no. You know, there are, there are, think of all the sentences that weren't political five years ago that are now. I don't think parents should be separated from their baby. That is now a political statement. I don't think you should sell bulletproof backpacks before maybe doing something about access to guns for the mentally unstable. That's now a political statement. These things that are fucking obvious. Are now split down party lines. Uh, and but are you getting kind of immune to it? Because that's what's happening to me. I'm just kind of like, oh yeah, that's. I'm not surprised. It's it's harder and harder to shock me anymore with the things people post, the things they believe. Uh, you know, this this guy on Twitter the other day, uh, the Washington Post had a story about how there's there's this movement called I Left the Democrats, but it's all made up of like stock footage from Getty Images and things like that. 
and I made some yeah. tweet about it, and some guy wrote back and goes, shut up, Washington Post, nobody reads you. And I'm like, dude, it's right there in front of your face. If, who cares? If anyone reads the Washington Post or not, that's not the issue. It's right there. It's like, I give up. I just give up. So you don't, don't give that's what I keep like, don't give up on what's right give up on the people that don't care right well yeah that's the thing but that's what Facebook is populated with I don't know if it's just my feed or you know because who knows how the algorithm works uh, but you know I, I seem to get a, a nice balance I think but I don't know I'm suspicious of that I'm suspicious of any large system that's always been my motto well Facebook Online, nothing that Yeah, they were actually talking about it on the uh, the Indians game the other day. The, the, the there was an eight to one blowout. So the the play by play guy Tom Hamilton was saying, you know, it's you know whether and he sounded kind of old manny about it, but in a way he had a good point. He goes, whether you're twittering or tweeting or whatever you're doing, it's we've become less civil to each other. And he's he's absolutely right. Yeah, yeah, but these guys, but the guys at the Indians game also are mad that losing their hat. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> but so, I, like like when people say. When people say we're becoming less civil to each other, what they mean, like when it depends on, it just depends on where they're coming from. Baseball people tend to be conservative. So when they say we're being less civil, what they mean is people are calling them out for being awful. I, and that, I think, is more civil yeah. than uh, not saying anything. Yeah. Well, he also made. He said, you know, and this is a guy who isn't even on Twitter, but he says that uh, the the team is, but he's not. Is that every it seems every time there's a tweet, there's a there's an apology afterwards, and you know that anecdotally, I can see where you sure. think because those are the ones you ever hear about, you know. Every time there's a tweet, there's an apology. Afterwards. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But because is that true, or is it just every time somebody you like tweets something you thought was funny again, that, that it turns out to be racist? This this is a dude older than me who's not even on Twitter, so that's the, that's the thing. And and who, by the way, has the best home run call in baseball, and that's really all I'm after. <laughs> that's why. Yeah, I'm yeah. Saying. Like, I, like uh, I mean, I like baseball, but I got like I don't listen to anybody that talks about it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's another thing. I, I just, do it all. Uh, you can watch it without. I wish there was. Uh, I wish, like, and I wish it for all the sports, um, except for football, because I don't give a shit about football. But for basketball, I think it would be great if there were a way, if there was a way to watch the game without watching, without having to watch or listen to the. They could still hear. Like, um, you like, the you're gonna have like the sounds of what it's like to be oh, yeah. at the game. Well, they did that back in the '80s. Uh, they did uh, the announcerless game, famously. I think it was the Jets and the Dolphins of football. Unfortunately, that you don't care about, but they did do that. They tried that, and I thought it was wonderful. And of course, everybody, you know, all the sportscasters hated it because you know they had some, they had some skin in the game, obviously. 
But uh, yeah, that would that would be great because and I don't yeah, the sports talk thing. You know, I don't just. Uh, I can't remember the last time I listened to sports talk radio. I mean, it's got to be a, a, a an issue that's laser beam focused on me and the teams I follow. And even at then, it's got to be huge because otherwise, who cares? I mean, I've got I barely have time to listen to the game or watch the game. And usually, I'm doing something else while that's going on. So how people can muster up enough interest in that is just beyond me. Yeah, right. Like <laughs> it's uh, I mean, that's awful. Basically. But it's like, not a. It's like all. It's like the most basic. Like what's the most basic shit? Whatever that kind of stuff. Like, in music, they're interesting. They're talking. They're talking. Uh, they're just raw. Like, I accidentally heard like one second of a. Uh, 700 WLW the other day. Yep. And the, the phrase I heard the guy say was, uh, when you shoot somebody, that's it, it's over. But when you drown somebody, and then that was just like, I changed it. I was like, <laughs> what the fuck are they talking about? Oh my God. How is this their conversation? If you drown somebody? Good grief. They, so now they're like ranking ways to murder? Uh, I... I mean, maybe you heard something out of context, but I find it hard to imagine that had any kind of a positive outcome. I mean, I definitely heard it out of context. Like, I, I'm not saying but, I didn't. But know. still, yeah, sometimes yeah, even when it's out of context, context. What context is that right. even all right? Exa- yeah, exactly. I mean, you, you know, whatever, you can't even imagine the phrase around that that would make that okay. You could make something up to be like, oh, I see where that fits in. <laughs> Unless, like Al Franken say, you prefaced it with, I'd have to be an effing moron to believe that, dot, 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 and then fill it in that way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, well, if I was the guy ever alive, I would think this, whatever Trump just tweeted, whatever. Yeah, it's it, it, amazing. The only other value I can see in, like, this sports talk and, and following, you know, watching you know, entertainment tonight and things like that is, is it... It's something you can, I guess, you can discuss with people, and at the end of the day, if you're wrong, it makes absolutely no difference. It doesn't affect anybody's life in the end. So if you want to argue about who the best, you know, pitching strategy or bullpens or anything like that, you can have a spirited debate, and if one of you is wrong, eh, it doesn't affect any, you know, if you argue about healthcare or, you know, things that really matter or immigration or anything like that, you know, those opinions might lead to a vote, and, you know, as Depeche Mode pointed out in the song... Uh, new dress, uh, you know, uh, you can change a vote, you know, you can change the world. Yeah, but you can't change a vote anymore. So all you can do is get, like, you can change someone from a non-voter to a voter, but you can't change a vote anymore because they now they've politicized facts. So <laughs> anything that's about Donald Trump being terrible, the people who like him and will vote for him, they now believe that that's just a lie. Oh, not, well, not only so that. Like, trying to change people's votes is a fucking, that is a losing game. I wouldn't, don't waste any time doing that. Like, all of our uncles are going to keep being wrong. Well, not only does it, can you not change their mind, but when he does horrible stuff, it emboldens them, and they love it. And I don't think people, I still don't sure. think people realize that. I, that's the one thing where I don't think people are, 
uh, have, have gotten a grasp, you know, the other if the, if the, the Democrats have any hope of beating this guy, you've got to realize that they, they love that he's well. I guess Hillary Clinton found that out because she said she said it was probably the worst thing she could have said in retrospect was that Trump's reporters were horrible because she realized they love it. <laughs> More, please. Um, the worst, the worst thing, the worst thing she did was back about that. Was what? The worst thing she should have said. The, like. <laughs> She should have said, she should have doubled down the next day. I'd be like, what about, what about what I said is wrong? What about you people is not deplorable? Right? Put them on the defensive. That's true. Don't put them in the office. Fuck that. Deplorable was too nice of work. Too nice of work. Like, the Big Bang Theory is deplorable. And this, this shit is fucking, it's like unconscionable. <laughs> it is abhorrent. Well, but that's she should have put them on the defensive. But then again, that's a pretty huge offense. They they have a huge, dedicated, mindless offense. It's like a civil war uh, mentality where they just send thousands of guys charging ahead, and hopefully some of them get through. They don't care. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not about that. It's about it's about getting the non-voters and the people because Hillary didn't do a good job. Um, energizing the faith. I voted for it, but I didn't feel any fucking thrill about it. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but, I, you know, I was one of those, one of those idiots that didn't vote. Uh, I voted for it. Because when I looked at the, like, they looked at the options, and they're all bad options. But sometimes you can't be like, if you're going to rent a car, and you want, like, I always want a full party. Focus, but that's what I want. Like the new Ford Focus, those are easy cars to rent. It's all very intuitive. Uh, so if they don't have one, I'm not going to not rent a car. Right. <laughs> I'm going to look at the options that they do offer, and I'm going to pick the best one of those. I'm not going to pick the worst one because the one I wanted wasn't there to spite myself. Like these, these fucking idiots tried to spite themselves. Yeah, or I'll just ride a bike <laughs> and get nowhere. <laughs> yeah, but we needed a. But you need you gotta like that car, man. Like, you yeah. can't just uh, have a person. Oh, I'm gonna vote for not having a president. That's not an option. Well, that and then what if every time there was less than fifty percent turnout, that meant that no president at all won the majority vote. So, so not having a president is what we did for four years. Why don't we pass the There should be well, no president at all. No, then you run into an even more terrible option. It's like something they, like Congress has to pick the president. And that's the last thing I'm going to No, no, no. Nobody's picked the president. Yeah. The country's not a president. <laughs> country just runs so itself. There is no president. So nothing, like, nothing that you need a president to do uh, so this is interesting. So what? Who do we send over state and thing overseas and things like that? I, this is a pretty intriguing idea. Do we just? Who? Who? Why? Like, why do we have to? That's well, yeah, that's true. Yeah, we should send over fucking. Uh, we should send Oprah or fucking Beyonce. Yes. Yeah. So, like, why don't we send? Like, we have good people that are charismatic and aren't terrible. Like, why do we have to elect them to send them overseas to be our ambassadors? Let's get, like, there are people who are, Bob Newhart, uh, huh. 
Like, you, you know what I mean? The guy, I'm, I, I'm running out of examples. Cause it's, no, no. It's I, now just, like, I'm about to say everybody in Tom Petty's band. But, but uh, you're right. These are people that, uh, you know, overseas, these are Americans that, that people really like. So, yeah, that's that'd be perfect. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, and over, uh, I mean, who's more charismatic than Brad I, I like Brad Pitt's pretty charismatic. I don't know. Maybe I, I think I've been to say George Clooney. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is an, an intriguing, an intriguing idea. I like this a lot. Nobody gets the majority. The the job is it's just vacant for a while. <laughs> you know who's right? Yeah, yeah. You know who should? You know who should do it? You know who I trust? You know who I think's got a fucking good head? LeBron James. I yeah. would vote for LeBron James to be president in a heartbeat. I, I would. But as a Cavaliers fan, I'm a little weary of his ability to pick talent because when he tried to be his own GM, it didn't work out super well. But of all the for grading on the curve, then absolutely, I have no problem with LeBron James at all. Oh, wait, his, his, uh, if you have to go through a nomination process, I don't think Jr. is going to make the team. <laughs> That's if true. You, got, you don't have it. Yeah. <laughs> you can get a. Uh, 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 oh, well, it was, uh, yeah, I mean, it's drag that he couldn't get a team together like that, but he was always, he was kind of always playing behind the, the eight ball. Yeah, well, it is. I'm glad that he went to, uh, oh, yeah. I'm glad that he went to LA. Like, I'm happy for him. Oh, everybody I think is. He's the best basketball player of all time. Sure, like, sure. So, whenever he talks, he's funny. He sounds so fucking smart. And also, J.R. Smith is better at basketball than any of the people Trump picked. <laughs> that's, that's true. I didn't think of it that way. That's absolutely right. Yeah. yeah it's funny. We talked about it on the show a couple of weeks ago, um, how people in Cleveland this time are not upset and burning their jerseys. Everyone's just like, well, we have a new second favorite team now, the Los Angeles Lakers, and good for LeBron. Everyone's happy for him. You know, he did the one thing. That's good. I'm glad. Oh, yeah, yeah. He, he did the... they're happy for us, too. Uh... Oh, yeah. Well, we got our championship. And he did the one thing that nobody did in my lifetime. Uh you know the, the the last championship before LeBron was two years before I was born, so all these great people Bernie Kosar and Marty Schottenheimer and all Mike Hargrove and all those great Indians teams nobody could do what LeBron did and everybody knows that and they're like well we wish you would have stayed but good luck in Los Angeles, so. You did a hang on. <laughs> Wait, so the last bit of brought you guys a championship was uh, like Bob Feller. Sixty four was the Cleveland Browns two years before I was born. They won. They beat the Baltimore Colts twenty-eight nothing in Cleveland, twenty-seven nothing in Cleveland Stadium, and that was the last oh, championship. No wonder there's so much bad blood between Cleveland and Baltimore. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, no, it's. Oh no, that's not it. That's not they. No, it doesn't go back to sixty-four. The bad blood between Cleveland and Baltimore is they stole our football team and then proceeded to win a Super Bowl with it. That's where the beef is. Yeah, yeah. That that Browns team that moved yeah, from Cleveland to Baltimore but, essentially won the Super Bowl yeah. two years later. <laughs> In the year 2000, fucking Survivor premiered after that. I, I was, I was alive. Yeah. Well. Uh, what I meant was, uh, <coughs> that that's when Baltimore stole the team. Yeah. It was like, it went back to that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, Baltimore decided to steal the Browns to get back at him for oh, they would have. They would have stolen anybody, because I remember the, the Bengals threatening to move there, too, right before Art Modell uh, took the deal. It was on the local news here. They, uh, sh- they went. They even went there, and they showed them the stadium. They showed our, our sports people on Channel 12 and whatever it was. So, yeah, here's the stadium we have, and we're going to take your football team. 
And uh, it turns out it wasn't the Bengals they took. It was the Browns. But they, they didn't care what team they got. They just wanted a team. I mean, you're right. I remember when, right before the Bengals got the stadium deal, uh, they were going to be the team that moved to Nashville. Oh, yeah. that One of many. Los Angeles was another possibility. Yeah. And we should have just let them go. Like, and this is me talking as back then I was a football fan. But come on. Like, so we're paying them. For the fucking thing, like we've we've eliminated incentive for them to be, oh, geez. for them to fan. Yeah, and we got to buy a nice scoreboard. Yeah. Like Mike Brown pockets the most money from his football team, like guaranteed. Oh yeah, well, that's a huge profit margin there. And he gets a if we if the scoreboard isn't one of the best in the league, we have to buy him a new one. He doesn't buy it. We do. Me and you, Hamilton County taxpayer. Here you go. Here's your new scoreboard, Mike. I know this is. <laughs> And then they said, uh, and then they said that they couldn't sign uh, that that guy this year because his activism is like a distraction. A guy that he out that would kneel during the anthem. They weren't going to sign him because he's a distraction. But this is the team besides Pac-Man Jones, <laughs> like who is a person I know called Pac-Man Jones. Uh, it takes. General manager of a nightclub in the head with a champagne ball. Good grief. Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, do we have to say allegedly? Because we could say allegedly. Like, I don't yeah. Know, but a person I never saw that. And Pat Jones was wearing, a, he was wearing one of those, he looked like he was going to court in the 80s on a television show for a fender bender. That was the kind of net race he was wearing. <laughs> oh, my God. That's hilarious. Uh, well, here it's, it's it's devolved into a sports talk show, which is a, the, the very thing we said we we, <laughs> we were very If a with. single sports talk show ever was like this, I would listen to this sports talk show. Hey, we we may be on to something then. Wow. We should get uh, yeah. get Shalafu mixed up in this man. He's got he's got experience with that. There you go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's got losing losing a radio job. <laughs> there you go. All right, man. Well, cool. Uh, I got to get this uh, transcribed uh, part of it anyway to, to send up to Minneapolis. And um, yeah, well, uh, you gonna be a brouhaha this year? Yeah, man. Cool. I will be a brouhaha. The next uh, episode of All Through Take is August. Twenty third, the next show, the next like live show, okay. recording. That's what we call it. Is that Bogart on August twenty third, the day before the Blue Hot? Oh, cool. All right. Well, we'll um, we're gonna try and do a live Cincy shirts podcast, at least one from Brew Haha. So maybe we'll get you mixed up in that. Oh man, there you go. That would be awesome. Yeah, cool. I'll keep you posted. Be, I would definitely love to be involved, in that. Okay. Cool. Yeah. I'll. Uh, yeah. I'm Josh and Darren, and uh, yeah, we'll get. Get everybody sitting around. I gotta either get either get with Mikey or some promoter in Louisville. I gotta make a phone call this afternoon to see actually how I get that sorted. But um, yeah, we'll we'll get that put together. I'll keep you posted, and uh, we'll link to your show at Bogarts and to where can people find where your dates are? Uh, Facebook. Do you have your website still? Uh, I have justbetterclown.com at justbetterclown. Okay. 
Okay. Well, we'll we'll link to all that stuff from the uh, Podbean page and everything. And uh, yeah, I'm sure I'll see you in person sooner rather than later, if not at Bruhaha. But I look forward to it, man. It's always nice talking to you. Yeah, it is great. Yeah, I wish we could have done this in person, but like we'll get that sorted for uh, the Cincy Shirts podcast. So uh, yeah, I'll we'll talk to you then. Yeah, cool, man. Thanks, I will, man. Uh, I look forward to it. All right, bye. Bye. Thanks again to Jeff Tate for being on the show. You can catch Jeff. I'm not exactly sure where. He will be a brouhaha in Cincinnati at the end of the month. I know that. And he's going to be in Minneapolis. Uh, actually, at the Royal Comedy Theater, which is outside of Minneapolis, uh, in August. Uh, just Google Royal Comedy Theater, Minnesota, and you'll get the exact dates and times and all that fun stuff. Uh, let me see. Oh, and if you do see him coming, and he spells Jeff it's with a G... Uh, the, the incorrect spelling, as our friend Jimmy Pardo would say. Uh, look for him, uh, and trust me, he's hilarious. You're going to love him. So do look for him. Like he's going to be adding more dates uh, as the year wears on. If you need any more uh, Jeff Tate information in the meantime, his uh, website is justanotherclown.com. Uh, I also wanted to remind you before we get to the song of the week uh, about Lizzie's new YouTube channel, Nearly Liza. Uh, I should say Liza's new YouTube channel, Nearly Liza. Uh, hilarious animated videos. I think you're really going to enjoy them, so let's make that thing blow up. Uh, everyone stop by and see what you think. I love it. I even I know I have some skin in the game, and I'm a little prejudiced, honestly. It, I think it's hilarious, and I think she's got a really good, uh, a really good vibe for this. Uh, so please do check that out. We'll link to it from the Podbean page as well, if you're having trouble finding it. And let me see, I guess it does bring us to the song of the week. Tom Grennan had a, a couple of singles in the UK chart, I believe. Uh, Sober Up was one of them back in the winter. And then in the spring, he had another tune. It was called Royal Highness that uh, did it okay. Radio 1 had some fun with that. And uh, this tune, I like this one a lot. It's called Found What I've Been Looking For. And I think he fits in kind of with your your Declan McKenna's, your Rat Boys, your... Uh, uh, who else would I? Uh, Jake Bug, those you know, the British singer songwriter fellows. Um, who's the other guy? George Ezra, uh, very definitely, all kind of fitting into, into that. So if you like all those kind of guys, I'm sure you like Tom Grennan. Uh, this is found what I've been looking for. It's our song of the week on PFT Recorder. So long and thanks for listening. Always fine lines between us. They say nowadays don't mean much. Cross an what we did But my ship says sail And I'm here to tell that I Don't mean like the other sun guy I keep searching And I can't seem to find What I'm wanting It's changing all the time And if you I need